And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. My guest, Christy Wilkins, is the author of Awakening at Lourdes, How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith. She's a dame of uh, Magistral Grace in the Sovereign Military Order of Malta. She and her husband have six children and live in Texas. And you can visit her at christywilkins.com, which, of course, we'll have linked at our site as well. Um, this is an incredible story. Uh, I like the way that the book is... Uh, subtitled, How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith. Uh, the title is itself, Awakening at Lourdes. Christy, it's good to have you here. I'm anxious uh, to have you unfold this remarkable story for us. Thank you. It's really good to be here. So, you, uh, Oscar was your sixth child, if I remember correctly? Yes, that's correct. And unexpected. And um, yes, that's also correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, my daughter just had her eighth child yesterday, and that was unexpected. Oh, congratulations! Too. So yes, so <laughs> I, I get I get uh, what happens. So, uh, t- tell me, did you right away begin to see difficulties with Oscar? No, you know. He was completely typically developing when he was born. So for the first five months of his life, we had no reason to suspect um, any problems or that anything was wrong. And you know, we were a little bit underwater already. We had five young children. We had just added a sixth. And so, you know, life was complicated and it was messy, but we were all just so grateful for the gift of Oscar yeah. in our life. And the kids were head over heels in love with him. And, you know, we were kind of in the, enjoying the baby moon phase. And then yeah. on on his five-month birthday, uh, actually, it was exactly five months, um, it was Mother's Day weekend, mm-hmm. and the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, here in Texas, they put on a retreat every yeah. year. On Mother's there are Day good weekend. friends here in Ann Arbor, by the way. They're so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And so my mother and I um, were blessed to be able to go on that retreat together. And since Oscar was still so young, he came along with us. And we had enjoyed this wonderful dinner, introduced ourselves to all the other women at the retreat, and we had just finished praying Vespers and sat down to hear the first talk by Sister Joseph Andrew. Yeah. And Oscar was with me, and he nursed to sleep on my lap. And about halfway through the talk, he woke up with this really violent jerk, and he started having a seizure oh, in my arm on my lap in the middle of this retreat center. Um, so that was our first inkling that anything was different. And even then, in that moment... I, I didn't panic right away. I don't, I don't know why. And maybe it was just the grace of being surrounded by, you know, praying nuns and another mother. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we walked him out of the building and, and comforted him and decided to head back to town to get him checked out. Um, but even at that first hospital stay, it wasn't clear that his story was going to unfold the way that it did over the next year. What, uh, how, how long did the seizures last? So... Each individual seizure lasted as long as like a minute, two minutes. And at first the doctors assured us, oh, most of the time kids have one seizure, they never have another. Well, then he had another. And his second seizure, actually, this didn't make the book, but his second seizure was at mass at our home parish that same weekend. Mm. He had just been discharged from the hospital and we were sitting at mass and he had a seizure during the consecration as soon as the altar server rang the bells when the priest elevated the host. Wow. (laughs) And... Right. So that was the moment where I 
I kind of felt my heart drop in my chest and I, I realized something was happening in our lives that we didn't understand and probably didn't really want, um, but that God was so clearly in it. His hands were all over this situation. Um, it was pretty impossible to miss the symbolism of a seizure in the middle of nuns and right, the second right. one in front of the Eucharist. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Um, so you had but this over is, the course of... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, let me just pause for a minute here because I think this is... This is different. Uh, you, and correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't want to read too much into it, but you had a sense that this uh, uncertainty, this malady, was taking place in a universe in which God was alive and active, and aware of what you were going through. Uh, and that oh, was yes. a, that was yes. a source of stability for you and how you handled it. Very much so, I should say, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we really we t- we turned immediately to prayer yep. and to the sacraments and to our community. That was our first instinct. Um, my husband and I came into the church together in 2005. He was a convert, but I was a revert, and we had really dedicated our entire lives and our marriage and our family to the practice of the faith for at least a decade before Oscar was born. And, um, and so that was our first instinct was, was to turn to God, to run to him. And the prayer we were praying at that point was take this away, right? Yeah. Like we really we wanted Oscar to be healed. Right. Right. Um, there was, there was a turning point later that summer and this was after Oscar had already failed multiple drugs Mm-hmm. He'd bounced in and out of the hospital multiple times. And how He'd old is he at this point? Specialist. Sure. Um, he was about eight or nine months old. Okay. This was late not, summer, not quite a early year. fall. Okay. Not quite a year. And I had an experience in prayer. I went to the Adoration Chapel, even though my faith was beginning to falter at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went and, and brought my prayer to Jesus, and and I heard a very clear answer that Oscar was not going to be healed, that that was not the way this story was going to turn out. You know, I had written the ending, this nice, happy ending for us with a big, tidy red bow at the end (laughs) because I I knew that God loved us. And I couldn't imagine any other possibility for an ending in which God loved us. That's right. And and that was the moment at which my faith really kind of hit the skids when I heard that response. And then I I spent the next, um, probably another six months or so, trying to make sense of that answer and really being lost in the wilderness. So you've the book has uh, Jesus quoted here as saying, this is your cross, and I'm not going to take it away from you. I will be with you, and I will help you, but it's yours to carry. Is that the message? Right. That was exactly the message in those words. And it's really interesting, too. He was very clear about the fact that it was my cross, yeah. not Oscar's cross. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, and that's I, a good I point. Think, I think that's really important because— one of the things we realized later on after our Lord's experience is that Oscar was fine. You know, he, he suffers, he has medical challenges, he has disabilities, but he has a happy life. He yeah. loves his family, his family loves him. Um, and so the cross was really about, about me and my relationship with God as much as it was about Oscar. So, again, you're, you're a believing woman, you know, uh, God is real, you know, healing is real, and Jesus speaks to you. And he's telling you, you're, you know, this is your cross to carry and basically set aside this fantasy that you have about perfect healing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How, how does that 
I mean, on the one hand, you know he's there and he's promising to help you, but you've got this cross to carry. I mean, this is no small thing. Uh, how do you right. think? How do you process that? Well, if I'm being honest, I didn't process it well in the moment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, and, I'm, you know, we'll get to the pilgrimage part of it later, but it, it really took um, the miraculous and wholehearted intervention of the community to turn that ship around for me because I was lost for a long time. Um, there's a quote I use in the book from C.S. Lewis where he says something like, the danger is not that I'm going to cease to believe in God. Right. The danger is that I'm going to think something like, oh, so this is what God's really like. Right. Right. <laughs> this right. is what he's trying to do to me. And and that's really where I stayed stuck yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, when did that attitude begin to thaw? Um, that I can attribute entirely to our Lord's pilgrimage. So as I mentioned, that, that moment in the Adoration Chapel was about September. And that towards the end of that year, I had heard of this pilgrimage sponsored by the Order of Malta, um, which is a worldwide lay religious organization that does all kinds of humanitarian relief efforts for mm-hmm. the poor and the sick. But one of their signature things that they do, and this is worldwide, um, is that they bring sick pilgrims to Lourdes, and they, they're called Malads, mm-hmm. and they assemble this amazing team to take care of the Malads while they're in Lourdes. So I, I had previously been aware of this pilgrimage, and we had exhausted every possible medical avenue for healing Oscar. <laughs> I mean, we were down to, like, medication number eight, and we tried this crazy diet, and and his seizures were fairly well controlled, but again, it was clear that he was not developmentally catching up the way that the doctors had thought he would. So we applied for this pilgrimage almost as a last-ditch effort. Um, it was, I want to say that it was an act of faith, but if I'm being honest, it was much more uh, an act of desperate control than anything. <laughs> I was like kind of daring God, okay, I'm going to go to one of the holiest places on earth where I know you work miracles and I'm going to bring my son and we're going to have a chat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, very, that's very, uh, very understandable. Um, mm-hmm. So did, did you have uh, people who accompanied you uh, yes. from the uh, order that, you know, from the uh, Knights and Dames of Malta? Yes. So in the United States, there are three different, associations from the Order of Malta. Mm -hmm. The one that we traveled with is based in New York City. And each one of the three associations in the U.S. puts together a pilgrimage every year. Or they did until COVID. It's been a little haphazard (laughs) since then. Sure. Um, And our our pilgrimage was comprised of about 50 Malads, and Oscar was one of the Malads. But to support those 50 people, the Order of Malta assembled a team of about 350 volunteers. Wow. And the volunteers... It was amazing. I mean, the volunteers in- included clergy, doctors, nurses, lay volunteers, members of the order. And the goal of the entire team was just to spiritually, emotionally, and even medically support the, the Malads that they were bringing along with them. Hmm. So you, I, I want to make sure I've got your state of mind right. You had this word from Jesus that this is your cross to bear, um, but you're going to Lourdes with the expectation of healing. Is that right? I think it's probably more true to say that I was going to Lourdes with the last-ditch hope of yeah. healing. Exhausting, you know, exhausting I, all I, the options. 
Exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I know, and you know, and I'm sure all your listeners know that miracles do happen. Sure. God can move in the supernatural. He can affect the world. But but he doesn't choose to do it that frequently, right? Right. I think the last documented miracle at the Lord's Shrine was just approved in, in 2017 or 18. So it does still happen sometimes, yeah. but it's not an everyday occurrence. Right, right. And I was caught in that tension. Gotcha. No, I understand perfectly. My guest is Christy Wilkins. The book is Awakening at Lord's Wonderful Testimony, How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith. We're going to continue the conversation. Stay with me. I'm Al Cresto. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Christy Wilkins, uh, sharing her story, Awakening at Lourdes, How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith. We've been talking, uh, Christy, a lot about uh, your response and kind of monitoring uh, what's happening with Oscar. Uh, Talk to me about your husband and the other kids. How are they responding to this? (laughs) Uh, You know, Todd and I had such different responses to Oscar's medical crisis. Um, we're still kind of unpacking the repercussions of all of that today, but yeah. his response was really to buckle down and, and take care of stuff at home and just kind of soldier on. And my response was to try to read everything I could get my hands on and figure out what was going on and how we could fix it. Mm-hmm. And we really retreated to our own separate corners. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the great blessings of the pilgrimage for us is that Todd and I were able to go together with Oscar. Nice. Um, and we, we really approached the pilgrimage as individuals. You know, I would like to say that we were a united front when we arrived there, but we showed up as individuals and I think we each got what we needed individually to begin our own healing enough that we could then begin to turn back to each other and begin working on our marriage. But that only, that process only began in Lourdes, yeah. whereas a lot of the individual healing was complete and total for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard before that husbands and wives faced with crises like this or sometimes the death of a child uh, really do what you just said. They, they have their own way of handling it, and that can become oh, a so great difficult. tension mm-hmm. yeah, uh, between mm-hmm. the couple. Uh, so did you, did you feel as though Todd simply didn't understand your way of handling you know, working this through by, you know, reading everything you get your hands on? Uh, Did you feel that he was maybe not as motivated as you were to get a healing? What was the, what was the conflict? Oh, that's such an interesting question. No, I think we were both trying very hard to understand each other. Yeah. Um, I, if anything, I was a little bit resentful because Todd seemed so at peace with the situation. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He, he, um, you know, obviously he, he wanted what was best for Oscar, but in his mind it seemed like if what was best for Oscar was this life of disability that God had chosen for him, then we were going to roll with that. And and I just could not, I couldn't make my own peace with that, and right. so it was hard because I couldn't join him where he was. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, so you go, on. tell me about the pilgrimage now, back uh, yeah. Lourdes yeah. and... Um, uh, Sound, again, different expectations. Uh, you got people surrounding mm-hmm. you. 
Is there a high expectation of miracle there? You know, someone on the pilgrimage said to me near the beginning, everyone gets what they need. Oh. And I, I resented it in the moment because I was like, you're just trying to downplay it. <laughs> Don't get my hopes up so that I'm not disappointed. Gotcha. But I think it's really true. You know, there are people who go and they walk away with the complete and total physical healing that they were seeking. But everyone leaves with something. And the thing that we left with was not the thing that I thought I was going there to receive, but it was so much more what I needed in, the, in that perfect way that God has of giving us exactly what we need, even if it's not always what we want. Mm-hmm. So, and how would I, you I articulate that? By this point. Yeah, yeah, I was in a very sorry state when we arrived. Um, I was restless. I was anxious. I was angry. And the simple act of being met where I was <laughs> and being loved unconditionally in that anger, in that, you know, raw resentment and mistrust. Yes. And also the act of seeing other people loving my son for who he was, exactly as he was. They didn't want him to be different. You know, I walked into Lourdes with a frankly pretty ableist assumption that Oscar needed to be fixed. Yeah. And he was exactly who God created him to be. And so the, the miracle for our entire family was that my heart was healed on that pilgrimage and my husband's heart was healed in a way that like we came home like the apostles at Pentecost. I walked in a broken shell of a human being and I came home absolutely transformed huh. inside and out. Oh. Wow. And Oscar, we were there for about a week and on the surface, he wasn't healed, right? He still had developmental delays. He still had seizures. He still had physical disabilities. Mm-hmm. But we came home, and every doctor and every person who knew him well saw that he had changed overnight. He was meeting milestones he had worked on for nine months all of a sudden. Really? He was doing things that his neurologist had never seen him do before. Um, but the way that Todd and I like to talk about it is that it's like all of the biblical miracles, right? Like God, Jesus worked the physical miracle. Mm-hmm. to bring attention to the spiritual one. He's healed Oscar just enough to get us to realize, oh, the thing that he's done in our hearts, that's real. That's what was important. Wow. Oscar's been fine all along. Yeah. And so it, you know, he really threaded the eye of a needle there for us in that he didn't change anything about Oscar or what his mission in life was going to be. He healed Todd and I enough as individuals and as a couple that we would do a better job of supporting Oscar in that mission for the rest of his life. Wow. You know, it is, uh, you know, the, the, the miracle of the, uh, the fellow who was lowered down through the roof, and I think it's Mark chapter the paralytic, two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the, it's almost as though the physical healing there is, a, is a, an afterthought to the, the right. forgiveness that Jesus was offering. And um, it sounds like that's something similar to what you experienced. It's so much what we experienced. And there was a priest on pilgrimage with us. We actually did a little Lectio Divina session on that exact passage. And one of the questions he asked was, well, maybe the man on the mat wasn't even ready to receive his miracle. Maybe he was angry the whole time. (laughs) Maybe his friends just picked him up and carried him, whether he wanted to or not. And that's that's kind of what Lourdes felt like for me, was, was being picked up and carried. Um, by people who were just surrounding us with love and mercy to a place that I I wasn't necessarily ready to get to on my own. So when you came back from Lourdes then, um, were you immediately able to recognize the change in yourself? 
I was, um, I was, but I, I had about a year's worth of practice and not trusting that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it's, as much as I recognized it right away, it took me, I would say at least a couple of weeks before I was ready yeah. to believe it fully. And how old were your kids, uh, as this was going on? Uh, let's see. Um, our oldest was around 10 when Oscar was born. So they were about 11, 11 to okay. Oscar was one and a half at the time of the pilgrimage. Okay, still pretty young. Uh, still very young. Yeah, so they're not, they're not tracking this as uh, an adolescent would or an older uh, child. So, okay. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I'll, I did have one child who, um, while we were on the pilgrimage, as we were calling home to just check in, he was like, oh, hey, Mama, is Oscar still sick? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. yeah. What do you, you know, say? He, he, he asked this thing kind of as as a as a matter of course, like, oh, the house is cold, you know. And and I said, you know, we're having a great time. We'll tell you all about it when we get home. <laughs> and then we got, we got home, and it never even occurred to them to ask. They were just so happy to see him. Yeah. And, and that was one of the beautiful things about having a big family like ours is the kids always accepted Oscar and loved him unconditionally. They were a great model for me in that. How's Oscar doing now? Oh, my gosh. He is six. He's in kindergarten, which is, I, I still kind of flinch every time I say that. He's just getting so big so fast. Um, he is full of mischief. He is full of curiosity. Uh, this past weekend, he learned how to turn on the faucet in the sink of the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> so, um, you know, he still has uh, medical challenges, and we have unexpected hospital stays, but he's just such a source of delight and love in our family. We're, we're so grateful and so blessed to have him as and, a member of our family. And he's just, he's just happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's marvelous. And uh, has he exceeded the doctor's expectations? Well, I think Oscar does everything at his own pace and as much as the rest of us always do everything at our own pace. Gotcha. I think if anything... Yep. The Lord's experience taught not just our family, but Oscar's doctors, too, to try to let go of our expectations for what his life was going to look like. Um, his neurologist, who had followed him from the time he was an infant, um, is a practicing Catholic. And I think the experience of our pilgrimage really challenged her thinking about what healing means and what a miracle is. So she's still a very good friend of mine. She's still his neurologist. I just saw her last week, actually. Oh. And and I think that's one of the beautiful things about Oscar's story is that he he teaches us that the expectations aren't what matter. It's the surrender to mm -hmm. whatever whatever the story that God has written for you is going to be. I, I want to come back to the role that the helpers played uh, at Lourdes and how mm -hmm. that worked for you uh, and your husband. Um, it sounds as though these were pretty active helpers, at least spiritually speaking, they not only praying, mm -hmm. but kind of engaging uh, you where you were. Uh, I mean, did, do you stay in touch with those people, or is that a community that just kind of, you know, gathers around you for a, a, a pilgrimage, and then it kind of dissipates yeah. afterwards? Yeah, I, I do. I have stayed in touch with um, many of the so the way the teams were organized, we had a team of about five people who was dedicated just to Oscar, and I've, I've stayed in touch with almost all of them. Um, and then in addition, I have made some very deep and lasting friendships with the other Malads and their families. Uh, again, I actually just got to visit um, one of our fellow Malads last week. We were in New Jersey. Yeah. 
And so it, it definitely has been the basis of many new lifelong friendships. They said on the pilgrimage, this is your family now, and that, that really has proven to be the case and that, for us. That has been my, hus- true. my husband and I have also gone back as volunteers in subsequent years, and he and I have joined the, art, the order as full members Great. in the years since that first pilgrimage. So we get, to, we get to have this experience over and over again from the other side. And it's such a wonder to experience it from the other side, too, and to watch that transformation happening for other families. I would like to just ask, at what point, I mean, I can imagine that, uh, in one hand, you surrender uh, your expectations. But then when Oscar makes progress, do the old expectations come back? Like, oh, Good heavens. Now we're going to see what we wanted to see in the first place. No, you know, I think we have really been able to just accept and celebrate each milestone as it comes without without looking to see what's next. And I, and I think that's one of the major changes yeah. from before and after the pilgrimage. Before, I was always looking, trying to look at least five, ten steps down the road. Well, mm-hmm. if we do this, what's going to happen? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And we've really, we've really been able to just accept the gift of Oscar at face value and live in each day as it comes. And that's been a great gift, um, you know, for me personally, not just with Oscar, and, and to apply to our parenting for the rest of our children as well. None of us are guaranteed anything other than the present moment. Right. And I think we're, we're very much more aware of that now. Yeah. No, very good. I, I, it's, it's, it is amazing, uh, you saying to yourself, you know, from Oscar's point of view, he's fine. He's who he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he it's, is quite a character. He's yeah. quite pleased with himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thank you so much, uh, Christy, for being with me. Uh, people can certainly get the book, Awakening at Lords: How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith. Uh, do you continue to write? Is there somewhere people can go to continue to see where you're blogging or what, what else uh, you're doing? Yes, I, I write uh, columns at a few different websites, but the best place to find me is com, and that's Wilkins with an E. Okay. Thanks so much, Christy. We'll have uh, it linked at our site so people can find it easily, Great. too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Christy Wilkins, Awakening at Lourdes, How an Unanswered Prayer Healed Our Family and Restored Our Faith. The book is rich with descriptions of encounters with people, of her own dark night, and let me, uh, again, recommend it to you.